Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, my self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure that you're giving yourself the gift of self-love. Now, if you don't know what the gift of self-love is, it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. And it's now available in stores and online worldwide. Oh my goodness, I've been waiting to say that because I've been working on this book for years. I poured my heart and soul into it, compiling everything that I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is this book is a combination of me sharing my life story and everything that's helped me on this self-love journey, including body acceptance, and it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So every single thing that I share, you can put into practice right away. There are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. I'm holding it right here. It's right in front of me and it's absolutely gorgeous. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but we've nailed the design on this one. It makes such a wonderful gift both for yourself and for your loved ones. Perhaps you have a friend that could really use this message and that, you know, needs a little push, loving push in the right direction. And I think that this book is just a great gift. Hence, the gift of self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, you can get it today by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, that's maryscupoftea.com slash book and give yourself the gift of self-love. Hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. So happy you're here because today I'm going to be talking about the six signs of self-confidence. Obviously, there are way more than six, but I have been narrowing this list down for quite some time and just thinking about like what makes a confident person appear so confident what is like the mindset behind it, the energy, and how can we channel it within ourselves to show up more confidently, not just with our bodies and our body image, but of course, in every area of our life. So this conversation or this idea, I suppose, was prompted by a question that I actually received at an online retreat. And one of my online retreat attendees, this was about a year ago, she raised her hand and she said, you know, I have been on this self-love journey for some time and I find that I'm definitely building confidence, but, but I find myself feeling a lot more confident when my makeup is done and I'm wearing my favorite outfit and my hair looks nice, and I feel good in my body. And she's like, Mary, how can I feel more confident on the days where I'm not all done up, and I'm not necessarily feeling my quote-unquote best? And I thought this was a really interesting question, and here's how I answered it. Basically, confidence is 
how you feel when you are not picture perfect, done up. Confidence is what you do when shit's not that great. (laughs) Confidence is how you talk to yourself when you make a mistake or you fail or when you don't look that great or you feel like you don't look that great or when you're struggling with something. Confidence is how you approach those situations more so than it is, you know, dressing up and looking a certain way and sitting up tall with your shoulders back and your hands on your hips. Um, The reason why I say that is because I think if you Google like how to be confident, most of the advice is centered around stand up tall and body language, take up more space. And of course, those contribute to a mindset of confidence. But I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. Because I think that self-talk has a lot to do with it. Like, how are you approaching things in general, like consistently, not just on the days when you're doing your makeup, wearing your favorite outfit, going out with your partner and just feeling really, really good about where you're at in life, right? Like there's a lot more to it. So obviously confidence is not about feeling pretty. Of course, it's really easy to feel confident when you like how you look. But I think that's only because, especially if you have been socialized as a girl or woman in this society, so i.e. you were raised in this gender role of what a girl should be, we are constantly being bombarded with how our looks are the most valuable thing about us, like that message. And so the reason why women especially identify confidence as being, you know, so related to how they look is because our whole lives we've been fed this message that how we look matters. And I want you to like think about a man in your life and, you know, think about like your your dad or, or your brother or maybe your male partner or just a stereotypical like dude in your life. Do they ever come out and say, oh, I don't like how I look today? And do they ever let that influence their entire mood? Usually not. And that that is so not our fault. It has nothing to do with us and everything to do with how much importance and emphasis and significance has been put on us to be quote unquote pretty and to look attractive to others. So I think that's why a lot of the times we get confidence confused with feeling pretty. And again, the general advice around confidence is stuff about body language or uh, fashion or putting on red lipstick. And again, I'm not denying that (laughs) lipstick doesn't give a little confidence boost. Sometimes it does. But again, confidence goes a lot deeper than that. It's about owning who you are, whether you like how you look or not. And being pretty is not a prerequisite for confidence. Being accomplished is not a prerequisite for confidence. Being perfect is not a prerequisite for confidence. None of those things, like of course they can influence how confident you feel, but only if you let them. And going back to the dude example, Sure, guys don't come out, most guys, again, I'm generalizing, but from what I've seen, most guys aren't like, oh, I don't like how I look, I don't feel confident. 
But what generally does make a man feel insecure is things that have to do with like work or money or quote unquote hustle. I've noticed that with the men I've dated, you know, if if they're stressed about money, they'll let that influence their whole mood and their whole day. And I think that's very real for all of us because we all live under the pressures of capitalism and hustle and grind and make something of yourself and make lots of money and do it fast and do it all in your 20s and retire by the time you're 40. And, you know, if you love what you do, then you never have to work a day in your life, but you have to make lots of money doing it. And just so many things around that. So I think we all face that. But I think especially because of how boys and men are socialized in this society and because of the importance that society puts on them, especially to, you know, be this provider and to work really, really hard and and hustle and just constantly be working and performing, they, of course, compare their, you know, status or success or financial situation to other men. And so that is something that influences their confidence. So I share this to highlight how confidence is very circumstantial. There's not one thing that is going to make everyone feel confident, just like we all have our own unique set of insecurities. But generally speaking, it depends on what society has put the most importance on. So what have we been raised to believe we're supposed to be? And anytime our reality doesn't meet that expectation, we find ourselves struggling. We find ourselves struggling with insecurity. We find ourselves beating ourselves up. Sometimes we get more irrational about it. Sometimes it sends us into this deep, dark hole. And it can be a very slippery slope. So in my book, I talk about how confidence and self-worth are two totally different things. Obviously, they're related, but they're different. And you've probably heard me talk about this before, especially if you have my book. You know the whole spiel. Um, There's like a confidence quiz and then there's other advice for actually building true self-worth. Long story short, self-worth is like on a deeper level, whereas confidence is more circumstantial. Like you can feel confident in your body, but not feel confident in your job and vice versa. And in any combination in any area of your life, it all just depends. However, we often get really, really dramatic about things. If we don't like how we look, we're like, oh, I don't like how I look. I suck. I'm not good at my job. And my partner probably doesn't find me attractive. And I'm not being a good enough mom or friend or daughter or sister or wife or spouse. And I'm just doomed and I'm sad and I'm in this hole and it's hard to get out of that. We <laughs> we tend to catastrophize things and we all do it. But again, it's because we've been fed this lie that if we don't live up to one expectation, then we totally suck as human beings and we're good for nothing. When in reality, having a high self-worth means that you recognize your inherent worth as a human being, whether or not you feel confident, whether or not you feel accomplished, whether or not you feel pretty, and you have the confidence to know like, okay, 
what do I have to work on? What am I already doing really great at? And what can I possibly work on? So anyways, I feel like that was a tangent. That could have been the end of this episode. Long story short, confidence is a mindset. Now let's get to the root, the chunk of this episode. Now that I did my 10 minute introduction slash monologue slash TED talk. Anyways, here are the six signs of self-confidence that I've come up with. Number one, you do not let your body image ruin your life experience. I know you're so sick of me hearing that, but being able to separate your self-confidence from how you feel about your body is going to be the number one thing that actually inevitably builds your body confidence. The less focus and energy and attention you give to body image, the better you're going to feel about your body image. This is how I got myself through nearly a decade-long eating disorder and body dysmorphia and body image struggles and everything to do with food and weight and how I looked. The number one thing that I did was I stopped attaching my self-worth and stop stopped attaching like my actions to my feelings. So i.e. if I woke up feeling bloated, I still had breakfast no matter what. I still wore my favorite outfit. I still went to school, whereas literally in the depths of my eating disorder, I would skip school if I thought that I was too, quote unquote, fat. Or if I thought that I don't look good enough to be there, I would literally wear a big sweatshirt and a hat just so nobody would see me because I just felt so insecure in my body. And instead, you know, years later, I realized that it actually helps make me feel better when I do the complete opposite, when I show up a little bit more on the days when I'm feeling insecure, when I actually like go out of my way to fight that negative body image story. So for example, I would wear the outfit that I wanted to wear. I would still show up in class. I would still raise my hand. I would still talk to people. I would still go out just as I am. Like I would show up in the skin that I'm in, negative body image thoughts and all, but I would almost like compartmentalize them and keep on living my fucking life. (laughs) Excuse the F word, but that is the most important thing that you can do is keep living your life. So if you wake up with acne, you're like, cool, cool. You put on some spot treatment, you you moisturize, and then you move on with your life. If you wake up bloated, you're like, cool, cool. Drink some water, eat your breakfast, and move on with your life. If something doesn't fit you, again, cool, cool. <laughs> Get a different size or go to a different store and move on with your life. Confident people realize that you can struggle You can struggle with body image, you can have negative thoughts, and you can still have self-confidence based on how you approach the situation. It has everything to do with how much time, energy, and attention you spend scrutinizing and criticizing and ruminating over your body image. So the more you're able to like separate those two things, and even if on the days you're struggling, you're like, 
awesome. I feel like shit. (laughs) I feel like I look like shit, but I'm moving on and I'm still going to do what I was going to do. And I'm still going to live my best life no matter what, because I refuse to give my negative body image thoughts so much weight and significance. And you start fighting that story. And the more you do that, the more you self-talk your way through that, and the more you take action against those negative thoughts, the more confidence you're going to build in your body because you're going to realize that your body is just one little tiny fraction of who you are. It's just a vessel that carries you through this life. It is not something that needs to control your life experience. So moral of that story, confident people do not let their body image take away from their life experience. They just live their best life despite the negative thoughts. Okay, the second sign of confidence people, confidence people, confident people. (laughs) That almost sounded like I said, the second sign of confidence, comma, people, like I was calling you people. Anyways, the second sign of confidence is that when something does come up, negative self-talk, a struggle, some insecurities, anything, you know, that isn't so pleasant, instead of beating yourself up over it, you approach it with curiosity. Keyword curiosity. So you ask yourself questions. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know such a big theme of the self-talk work that we do is asking ourselves questions. So instead of like trying to tell ourselves how to think and trying to unlearn decades long of socialization by diet culture and beauty standards and fat phobia and the patriarchy and racism and classism and capitalism and all those things, like instead of trying to like force ourselves one way, We just talk ourselves through the situation by asking ourselves questions. So it's a mindset of curiosity. So when something comes up, you're like, okay, I wonder why I'm feeling this way. Where is this coming from? What have I learned about this situation in the past? And how can I apply it to what I'm feeling right now? Uh, What did my uh, therapist say about this last time something similar came up? What have I read or learned about myself that I can apply to this particular situation? I wonder what would help me feel better right now in this moment. See how gentle that self-talk is? It's so empowering, but it's also coming from such a place of of self-compassion where you're not trying to force yourself into anything. You're not trying to fix anything. You're just validating your thoughts and feelings and emotions and just exploring them with curiosity simply by asking yourself questions. And the more you ask yourself questions, your brain is, whenever we hear a question, our brain is wired to come up with answers to those questions. So suddenly we go from ruminating and beating ourselves up and feeling guilty and ashamed and letting that influence our mood and our day and just putting ourselves into this deep, dark hole. Instead of doing all that, we just shift the energy and focus 
into self-compassion and problem solving and being with our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and sitting with them and just gently trying to guide ourselves out of the negative and more into the neutral or even the positive. So confident people use a lot of curiosity. And this also applies not just to self-talk, but also how you talk to other people. I've noticed that the people I find the most confident, they ask a lot of questions. They ask other people questions. They get really interested in so many things in other people's lives. And that makes them just so pleasant to talk to because you just you just feel the self-awareness and you feel the presence and the care and compassion that they bring. So that's just something that I've noticed. Hopefully you can apply it to your self-talk and even your conversations with other people. Number three, the third sign of self-confidence is lifting others up. Confident people celebrate other people. (laughs) They are so generous with their compliments and with their praise and with their just with their love because the more self-love you have the more love you have to give to other people it's just all becomes this kind of chain reaction or more of like the cyclical flow that your cup is so full that you're just bursting you're just overflowing and you want to share that love with other people so So confident people do things like compliment a stranger on the street or comment on other people's posts and give them, you know, validation and some bit of kindness and compassion, even on the internet. Confident people remind others how amazing they are. They ask them questions about themselves. Again, going back to that curiosity mindset they listen, they try to understand, and they don't feel the need to have the spotlight on them all the time. They feel very comfortable when other people are winning. And that brings me to the fourth sign of self-confidence, which is letting other people's successes inspire you. It's not jealousy, it's more amazement. And when you see somebody else succeed, when you're coming from a mindset of confidence, that actually makes you really happy, not just for them, but just happy in general, because you realize that the only difference between them and you is that they started before you. They're doing something a little different. Their journey is unique and beautiful and wonderful, and so is yours. You know that your journey is different and that you have strengths and skills and advantages that they don't have and vice versa. And because you're coming from a place of both and, you're not coming from this like scarcity place of like, oh my God, well, if they're succeeding, it means I'm losing. No, it's like both of you can succeed. And actually another person's success is more proof that you can be doing the same thing too if you wanted to, but your journey is unique and different and it's going to take a different route. And 
you can become just as successful, if not more. It's just all a matter of perspective. And so because of this, confident people genuinely celebrate other people's successes. And this is a huge part of it. You also celebrate your own successes. When you have self-confidence, you also give yourself credit where it's due. I think a lot of people celebrate others, especially if you're (laughs) an Enneagram too, like me. I am the helper and I am constantly trying to help other people, which comes with challenges of its own. But of course, I wouldn't change that about myself. But I often struggled with letting myself be proud of myself and and celebrate myself. And even now when I'm like talking about my book and asking people to buy it or sharing some sort of accomplishment that has to do with my book or my business or the podcast, even like anything of that nature, I tend to minimize. Whereas if other people reach some sort of milestone, I'm like, yes, oh my God, I'm so happy for you. (laughs) So oftentimes we do celebrate other people because we're too scared to celebrate ourselves. But again, it can be both. Confident people do both. It's not either or, it is both and. They're successful and so are you. They're accomplished and so are you just in different ways because of course everybody's journey is different. So celebrate yourself and celebrate others generously. Number five, fifth sign of self-confidence, you don't take things personally. This is such a big one. I almost wish I made this one number one. So I hope by now you have read a book called The Four Agreements. If you haven't, Go get it right now. You can probably find it on the internet for free. It's available in so many different languages. There's PDF files. You can get the print book, of course, but it's a book that has just changed my life. I know I say that so often about books, but this one is truly like a a, a staple. Like don't read anything else until you read this book. The Four Agreements is basically about four rules for life. And this book is just so wise. Um, And I've found myself rereading it multiple times. Anytime I feel a little out of alignment, this book always grounds me. So agreement number two or rule for life number two is don't take things personally. This is a quote straight from the book. It says, don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Now, of course, I know this is easier said than done, and we all care about other people's opinions to an extent, But the more we are able to, for me, here's what helps me think about this better. Instead of being like, oh, I don't care what others think. I like to tell myself that, of course, I care what others think, but whatever they think is a projection of how they feel about themselves. I have this yoga teacher who I attended his class like once or twice. and his class is like very 
spiritual new age, which I like to a certain degree. <laughs> I'm not too far deep into that world, but some of the things he says are are very, very eye-opening. And he reminded me of something that my mom used to tell me all the time, which is that everything is a mirror. Other people are simply mirrors. So whatever you see in someone else, you probably see it in yourself too, whether that's positive or negative. And my yoga teacher said that even when somebody gives them a compliment, he goes, I try not to take that personally. I say, thank you for sharing your love with me because I know that that compliment also has nothing to do with me. It's simply a projection of how they feel about themselves. And they shared that love with you, which is great, which is wonderful. In the same way, people also share their hate, their pain, their insecurity. They project all of that negativity onto other people too. And so the goal is to not attach to those things because you know that they're not about you. This is something that I have been practicing my whole life, especially more recently with social media and just being bombarded with other people's opinions. I keep reminding myself that it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them. A lot of the times it's also very blatant, like somebody will leave a comment on my post and it has nothing to do with what the post is about. And they're just like upset about something else. And then they put words in my mouth and I'm like, I literally didn't even say that. Why are you mad? (laughs) But they're mad because they're just mad. And so they're just projecting that onto my post, making up this story about what a horrible human being I am. And again, it has nothing to do with me. So I think that this is a big sign of confidence is knowing that nothing is personal. Everything that people say to you is just a projection because we're all pretty self-centered human beings. We're all living in our own minds. We're all thinking about ourselves way more than we're thinking about other people. If we are thinking about other people or talking shit about others, it's because we're filling some void within ourselves and trying to make ourselves feel better. So this is the advice that you would give a friend, right? If your friend, you know, got dumped by a guy or somebody said something stupid to her or You'd probably say that to me if I was telling you my frustrations about some of these Instagram comments and messages that I get. You would tell me, it's not about you, it's about them. They're just projecting their hate. So tell this to yourself too. Live by this. Remind yourself that nothing is personal. Nothing is personal. Don't take anything personally. Everything is up to interpretation and it all depends on what lens, what perspective, what worldview that person is coming from and also depends so much on on their mood and the state of mind they're in and just so many variables that it would be silly to think that you're in control of other people's thoughts and feelings and emotions because we're not. So let it go let it go. I did not mean to turn that into a song, but (laughs) it sounded too much like that song. Let that shit go. Don't take anything personally.
Okay, the sixth sign of self-confidence has to do with the power of using your voice, both physically and metaphorically. Confident people speak up. They speak up often. They speak up for themselves. They speak up for others. They're not afraid to speak up. You ask for a raise. You text them first. You send that email without overthinking it. You apologize. You say, I love you. You express your feelings. You don't suppress or shut down your thoughts, feelings, or emotions for the sake of pleasing other people. So you're very, you're just very vocal about things. You share your accomplishments. You raise your hand, you speak up, you let your voice, your opinion be heard. You finish what you're saying. You don't let people interrupt you or talk all over you. You make sure that they hear you. So you have clear expectations, solid boundaries, and a strong voice. And this idea of like using your voice is something that I really, really had to learn the hard way because Growing up, I was always the youngest in my class. I don't know if I've told you this before, but I skipped a grade in kindergarten. So I was always the youngest and I always tried to make myself like smaller for some reason because I always felt like I didn't belong anywhere that I was because at the same time, I was also very bright. I feel, again, I feel weird saying that, but confident people (laughs) acknowledge their accomplishments I was. I was a very bright student. And when I did speak up, like I, I was I was good at so many things. And a lot of times I didn't let myself get too good at things because I was afraid that that would make people not like me. So if I knew the answer in class, I, I wouldn't raise my hand. Um, if I, I don't know, if I wanted to say something, I often found myself not saying anything because I didn't want to be a burden or annoying or come off as a know-it-all. And I think a lot of girls and women do this because we're so observant and intuitive and intelligent and we hesitate to let people know of that. So this idea of using my voice manifested for me very physically. About four or five years ago, I remember my voice literally breaking when I would try to speak. Like I, if I talked, like right now I'm doing a 30 minute podcast episode, no problem. At my retreats, I'm literally talking for hours a day for like a week, no issues. And of course, like it it does get tiresome on the vocal cords and, you know, I do have to like train how to use my air and breathe and manage my energy wisely. But if you would have talked to me five years ago, I literally could not even speak at a loud level. Like I I physically, my voice would just crack and I would constantly lose my voice. I would, I don't even know how to explain it. Like if I was at the time, I was in a very toxic relationship. If I was trying to like say something or um, I was really frustrated, like I couldn't even, I, I literally found myself just not being able to speak like quite physically. I know it sounds so weird and out there, but I am convinced that all those years of suppressing my voice and not letting myself be heard 
manifested physically that I literally, my vocal cords didn't even have the capacity to talk too long or to like make myself heard. Do you know what I'm saying? So anyways, after years of working through that story, I find myself feeling so much more liberated when it comes to speaking. Obviously, I do it for a living now, which is crazy because I'm telling you, I used to not be able to speak in front of a crowd of people without shaking and crying and feeling like I'm going to pee my pants and feeling so nervous and then feeling so embarrassed because my voice would crack and I wouldn't even be able to finish a sentence because my mind would draw a blank. And it was just this, this weird thing with my voice. And it wasn't until I started just speaking up more, just speaking up more frequently. And obviously there's physical training that is involved in that, that your vocal cords really do start getting used to using their full capacity. And there's also this like spiritual side of it that you just start building more confidence in yourself and it it becomes expansive. So anyways... I hope that this inspires you to use your voice more often. And I also hope that this entire episode empowers you to channel these six signs of self-confidence and think about how you can apply them in your own life. Just to recap, number one, don't let your body image ruin your life experience. Number two, when something comes up, approach it with curiosity. Number three, celebrate other people, celebrate yourself too, and be generous with your with your praise and your happiness and your love. Number four, allow other people's success to inspire you. Number five, don't take things personally. And number six, speak up, use your voice, make sure that you are being heard. That is just so, so important when it comes to building confidence. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want more tools for self-confidence and self-worth and self-love in general, make sure that you pick up my book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's available on my website. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, all the stores, anywhere you shop for books, the gift of self-love should be there. I hope that you love this podcast and that you love the book. And as always, thank you for listening. I love you so much and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. One last thing before we farewell. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, we would greatly appreciate if you could leave a short review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps the show so, so much. I absolutely love hearing from you. And as somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, your words mean the world to me. Just go to the Apple Podcasts app and scroll all the way down until you see the review section. And from there, you can just tap the star thing and leave your own review. Thank you so much for supporting me and this greater message of self-love for all. Also, feel free to send this episode to a friend and spread the gift of self-love. And speaking of the gift of self-love, make sure you pick up my book, which is available in stores and online worldwide. Just head to maryscupoftea.com slash book, and you'll find all the links to give yourself the gift of self-love. I love you all so, so much, and I will talk to you next time. Mwah.